Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, I'm Johnny Owen, and this is the Best 11 podcast from TalkSport. Mark Webster and I ask our guests 11 questions all about their love of football, from their earliest memories of the game to how their matchday rituals have changed over the years. And at the end, they'll tell us their best 11, a team made up of anyone who's ever played for their club, along with a manager of their choice. Will they force players from a different era into a 4-3-3, or will they keep it simple with a 4-4-2? We'll find out very shortly. Today, we're talking to a man who played at a different sport at the very, very top level whilst retaining his passion for football. As a rugby player, he played over 250 games, Mark, for Harlequins and Leicester Tigers and represented England on 55 occasions. Uh, of course, that included being part of the of the great World Cup on, inside of 2003. <laughs> this has been written by my, he's grinning, my Bristolian uh, producer. English. He, yes, English. Okay. He, uh, he also, it's like, that's like an English turbo for Bristol, trust me. Uh, he also went on three tours with the British and Irish Lions, uh, including the victorious trip to South Africa in 1997, which of course was uh, the uh, it was one of the great sporting documentaries ever. Living with the Lions, you yeah. wouldn't get that access now. It's absolutely fantastic, uh, and that was before he'd even been capped by England. Remarkable. It is, of course, the brilliant Will Greenwood. And can you start by telling us who you support and why? Uh, Man City. Uh, why? My, I was reading recently that one in 42 people are actually twins. Don't know how many are identical twins. Uh, I've already gone off on a tangent. <laughs> That's all right. Not at all. Uh, my <laughs> mum and my aunt are identical twins. Right. So I grew up basically with my cousins because they would spend. They they still are. They're eighty years old this year, and they're the best of friends, the best of sisters. And Auntie Norma had four kids, and my mum had three. And Anthony Norman was married to Uncle Ian, who sadly passed away 18 months ago, who was one of those blokes who used to go to uh, City and then United on alternate weeks. Yes, right. When they were home. Because yeah. he loved it, right? Yeah. And he was he famously once said, that George Best, he'll never add up to anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the, Uncle the Ian. The man who never signed the Beatles, isn't it? Yeah, that exactly. Was, <laughs> that was Uncle Ian. And Uncle Ian uh, was a mad... City fan yeah. as well. Yeah. And his, his eldest son was called James, who, when you grow up, you always idolise your slightly older cousin. Yes. Yeah. Sli- he's just two years old, and you just think, oh, when I grow up, I want to be like James. Uh, and James, So James loves City. Yeah. So Uncle Ian and James, I'm not going to say I went to a million games, but we used to, Uncle Ian had a Mercedes estate 
And uh, it, I think it went round the clock seven times. I think, <laughs> I think he nearly went to Pluto and back in that car. Uh, and he's, they're moneylenders, by the way, as well, in and around Manchester. And occasionally we'd get a car park ticket right in Main Road. Wow. Yeah. More often than not, we'd park in one of the side streets, walk up. I can't remember. We weren't in the Kipax. I'm not going to lie and say I was a classic Kipax kid. Yeah. But I went enough. Uh, and once you go and seen one game, then then you sort of you you're hooked. And I was at the last game at Main Road, oh. where ironically enough, we lost one 0 to Southampton. <laughs> Sounds classic. like an absolute classic. This is it. But it was actually a Sean Go to send off. Um, yes. In reality. And uh, yeah, and I was at Wembley for '99. I was at Etihad for Aguero. So I've been to some good ones. Oh, you've yes. oh you've got some milestones in there. But go take you back as a kid because I know of, of hey you're quite decent at rugby. It turns out um, you played a bit of cricket, but were, were, was football part of your remit as well? Could you kick a ball? So in Hurst Green was my little village, just outside a town called Longridge. And uh, if I looked out my bedroom window, I saw Hurst Green football first team football pitch. Right. Uh, but I went away, I was sent away, I got a sports scholarship. I was sent away uh, to school when I was 12, boarding away. So just as a, you, you're classic, you, you train on a Tuesday and Thursday night, like you mm. do at a rugby club, like a football club. So I was never at training and was sort of viewed as the kid whose parents were teachers, who was a bit of an egg chaser <laughs> and a bit posh because he went to a posh school, but I had a scholarship, so didn't really add up. But, you know... So I had mates, but I was never in with the football crowd. Ah. I was desperate, desperate, desperate to be in the football crowd. So much so that her screen about 10 years ago did a fun, massive fundraiser. We went to Ferraris in Longridge. Ooh, I mean, oh, proper I... posh. We went, we went to Ferraris. And we, put, we put an evening on. I said, uh, I'll come in. I'll host. Uh, we'll sell tickets. You take all the proceeds. I'll bring three or four auction items, but one condition. I get to play up front for a screen. A bit oh, like that man, yeah. a bit like that bloke who bought uh, was going to buy Manchester United and was having a kickabout on the halfway line. I was yeah. here that day. <laughs> I was here. Yeah, yeah I seen that. Uh, so I saw it. You know, it's pulling rank a little bit, and they said, uh, "Well, we organised the game, so we did pass fee present." And I, uh, I wore her screen number nine shirt, and they framed it for me. And I've got, you know, World Cup final shirts and Lions shirts, but right next to it is her screen football club first team shirt because uh, I, I always i always i was just you know I, looking out my window as a kid in a village i just always wanted to play for the for the local, for the village football team and i finally at the age of 46 <laughs> i think uh and scored unbelievably i was gonna so, ask this is what you like it so anyway we get a pen so i obviously get the ball and this young lad says no no I don't care who you are. I take the pens around. So <laughs> <laughs> charity game. So like, oh, okay. And he took the penalty and scored. And I was like, mm. I nearly scored in the World Cup final, but I'm more gutted about not getting that pen. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look. The next question is: Well, favorite player as a kid. As a kid. Yeah. Uh, as a kid. So this is right when you're really young. Power. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was a left back. I seem to remember. Paul Power. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Lake White. Yeah. Stewart. That sort of crowd. I was. I, I can't claim to make someone say, "Oh, Tommy Hutchinson, the greatest wing ever." 
can't I mean, remember seeing him. Can't remember seeing him play. So I wanted to. When the questions came through, I thought I've got to talk about the ones yeah. I know because obviously then you'd have Summerby and Franny Lee and all that crowd in. Yeah, that, that, that was way way before my time. So um, the reality was the, the first real cool cats that I thought could take on, you know, Lee Sharp and those lads in red. I thought were people like Paul Lake and David White. Yes, I remember. I remember that. I, I remember the Hutchinson. The famous FA Cup final, we scored both goals. I remember that as yes. a kid. great kit, Man City. That old blue sky blue. I'm mm. looking, but they had like Kevin Reeves up front. Do you remember that? They were a good team. Um, Mackenzie, yeah, um, that was a good tie. That wasn't it. And and David White as well was unusual. Big, a big winger, wasn't he? Yeah, mm. enormous fella. I mean, he's kind of like the enormous well, winger that, from. I'm going to say right. I'm going to stop you there because in football you say he's an enormous. I know. Player. Yeah, I, know, I was about. Nine. Yeah, he's yeah, five foot nine and seventy five kilos. You're not allowed to have this conversation, are you? I've no. met. I have met. You know, I've watched a lot of football down my tight years, and I have <laughs> met people that I have heard on TV described as yeah. big centre half, and I'm going. He must have a twin. Yeah. <laughs> You're not allowed to have this conversation, I, I, Will, so you don't count I say this. this all the time, Will. I, I was lucky <laughs> enough to work in sporting Wales for a long time, and John Artson was considered a big fella in football. Yeah. And the Wales football and rugby team used to meet together in the Vale of Glamorgan. And he was there one day talking to uh, Robert Sidoli, right, who was a second row for Wales, and the difference in size was <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> I was like, he looked like a jockey talking to somebody, and he was considered a big fella in football. Yeah. The yeah. rugby lads he, I remember being in a lift huge. at Stamford Bridge and... Uh, Mika Mika Richards got in. Yeah, and I thought that's not me. That can't be Mika Richards. <laughs> that's that's literally Mika Richards chopped in half. Yeah. Uh, I literally cannot be yeah. him. Now sportsmen are notoriously, um, you know, superstitious about things. So as such, did you have sort of match day rituals that that stuck with you, or, or and do you have some now? Uh, I look back on it now and wonder how I ever got on the field. <laughs> Uh, I had to do so many things in the right order uh, and, and really weren't very lucky in any way, shape or form because I had six shoulder reconstructions, swallowed my tongue, they thought I was dead, ankle ligaments, both sides snapped, two groin ups. I'm thinking, why was I bothering with all the superstitions? Terrible stuff? rituals you had. Uh, awful, awful. My, my, my sister was the only one who was allowed to buy me my lucky socks. So she, I'll get you lucky socks. And uh, literally like the first four pairs I didn't finish any of the games and was stretched off with near death. So, um, but kept going with them. So I had a lucky t-shirt and I wore the same underpants for every single one of my England and Lions games of three tours and 55 England games. So I had the same pants. And it goes back to the things you keep. Yeah. Again, giving a lot of shirts away to charities, old clubs, schools, uh, and of course, no one really want. They want to put your old shirts up on the on the board and that sort of stuff. So that works. You don't really want to give your old catch no, away. No, but, no, 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 um, no. That, that my old, all my old. I've got this. I tell you, I'm a hoarder. I've got this brown paper bag. Uh, it's like a shopping bag, uh, as you would if you went into Primark or somewhere like that and got a sort of brown bag yeah. with a sort of string handle, which carried uh, my boots. During the World Cup camp, during yeah. the not the camp, during the World Cup, not on match day, and I've kept that, and I've kept. We got into a nightclub after the final, and I've, I know a load of mates from the East Coast uh, of Australia, the Bris Vegas boys, and the Tamara, the Glamorama boys, which is a place called Tamarama, and, and <laughs> the, the nightclubs were shutting up because it was such a late game, and I was with Thiney, and Thiney rang his mate who ran a bar called Cargo Bar. And he says, mate, all the clubs are shut, shut and I've got the whole England team here. 
desperate to go for a booze. If he says, shut up, you're whining. And he obviously in an Australian accent, you're whining. He said, no, I've got them all here and they're desperate for a drink. And he said, if you bring them all around here, they can stay as long as they want. So we rocked up and he gave me this account card for Cargo Bar. And uh, I keep that in my safe at home because it's just a piece of memorabilia from the night where I ended up chatting to Brett Lee and Damien Martin at the bar. Uh, Tyndall, Prince Harry, Delalio were on the drums. Wow. It was just one of those surreal nights. Yeah. Uh, and I got this drinks card that uh, they're the memories. I don't remember much about the game and or many other games. It's the memories you make all off the field that are the ones that uh, keep you smiling at night. That's pretty, I mean, I, I mean, it's such a famous. Uh, it was a video at the time, but you know, I've been lucky enough to be involved in making sports films. But the, the Lions tour of '97, the, the South African thing, and it was a freakish thing because I don't know if you get that level of not just the access, but the players on that tour were such personalities, such characters. Mm. It was just, and I, you can watch that now, and it hasn't dated at all. And you looked like you really were the best of mates as well, didn't you? Oh, no, it was an amazing tour. And it, it, the tone was set. So Fran Cotton, the legend of the Lions of sort of 71, 74, yeah. he was team manager. And we That's trained right. pretty hard the week before we flew to South Africa. Mm-hmm. And we were back on the bus one. It was an t- afternoon session, two o'clock in the afternoon, back in our kit on the bus. And we're in the, uh, I think it's the Oaklands Hotel in Weybridge. Mm-hmm. And we pulled out and we turned right. And I thought, we all thought, training feels left. Turned right, went 300 yards down the road and the bus pulled into the pub. <laughs> and Cotton said, we don't leave here until this place is, until it's empty. Dry. Uh, and we were in there for about 12 hours. Oh, Lord. And you just, that sort of set the tones. We trained really hard yeah. and played really hard. Yeah. And I remember thinking, if, the, if you're in the Saturday team, I mean, there's obviously, over the years, it gets exaggerated slightly. But I genuinely remember it as if you were in the Saturday team, you drank until Thursday. If you were in the Wednesday team, you drank until Monday. If you were on the bench, you just didn't know when to, what, what you were doing, oh. stopping or starting. And, and Paul Wallace was the tight head yes. in the test series yeah. that we won. Yeah. And he was, he, wasn't, he was not a big prop. And he was taking on these absolute monsters. And I roomed with him for a week in Port mm-hmm. Elizabeth, right? And Paul Wallace did not get into bed once. <laughs> did he not? He, no, he'd come in at 6.30 in the morning, lie on, lie on his bed. For yes. Minutes, get up, do a Telfer scrummaging session, a Jim Telfer scrummaging oh. session, come back, have a bit of food, lie on his bed, have a little snooze, straight back out, cut, copy, paste, repeat. Wow. Wow. And and the thing is, that everybody, not, not everybody forgets, but I've always thought that people, in, it's a conversation stopper. You're, you're four, four different countries, right, put together to, for that. They played one of the great teams in rugby history. World Cup winners, 95, wasn't it? And yep. had scratched together in a few weeks, went out to South Africa and won the series. It was an extraordinary achievement as well, wasn't it? Oh, McGeekin was and Telfer was such a great double act. Yeah. Uh, Telfer really was. I mean, he did the Everest speech. Oh. Right? And the beauty yeah. of it all is yeah. he practised it, he rehearsed it, he practised it, he rehearsed it. People think it's off the cuff. Yeah. That sort of level of intimacy and port- the use of silence yeah, just has everyone leaning in going, what's he going to say next? Then alongside that, you had everyone who you wanted to be, McGeekin, who you, you just wished he was your uncle. Yeah. <laughs> just wished he was related to you because yeah. he'd look after you and he'd get the best out of you. And they'd play this double act. And, uh, and then they were brilliant in terms of 
changing the dynamics of rugby. They just said, we know rugby is like a north-south physical game, right? But if we take them on in a north-south physical game, we lose. So I'm going to pick Gregor Townsend at 10. And it was Rob Howley initially at nine. And then yeah. Dawes comes in and scores. Oh, what a uh, try. What a try. Just what a try. But Alan Bateman in with me in the midfield. Yeah, yeah. He just picked players. He took me as an uncut player. And I'll always be grateful for that because I'm the last one that's been. So there, there might be one this time around, but mm-hmm. the last, I had not played for England when I went on that Lions tour. Wow. Um, and that's, that's risk as a manager and a coach. You've got, um, you've got basically four teams you can pick from, four nations. There were two centres playing for each of them in the six nations. So that's eight centres he could pick. Yeah. And yet he picked me who hadn't even played one. Wow. So uh, McGeekin was, uh, a genius and well he still is a genius but uh, that tour equipping us with the tools and the armoury to beat the South Africans on their patch was, was special oh, yeah that's something super, else that is super, super. right we're going to get back onto, onto Man City for you now and a couple of questions that might tell you your favourite player nowadays and and also have you got a favourite Man City kit you've mentioned there obviously the many shirts that you've gone through yourself personally so how about that favourite player now and favourite and favourite City oh. kit I'll go reverse order. My favourite city kit is great because my son, my eldest, is 17 now and he uses it as his pyjama top. Uh, <laughs> the, the the brother one yeah. that, uh, would have been that I wore. I'm not sure where what year it was. All I know, it was my favourite city shirt and I wore it to Wembley against Gillingham. And I've got a photo and I'm with my cousin James and I'm with my brother Tom, who weirdly enough now... He's senior sponsorship manager at the Premier League. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a lawyer who's switched codes, not switched codes, he's switched out of law and is in commercials and sponsorships. So works for Richard Masters and, and did for Scudamore for a while. And uh, yeah, that brother shirt. And he that day wore the vertical striped uh, blue and yellow one. That's his favourite one, I think. But me, yeah. it's, the, it's the brother. It's the brother one for me. And then favourite player now. I mean, the reality is, it's probably. Does it, is he playing? I mean, David Silver really would be. That's the fair. one for the last ten yeah. years. Yeah. Uh, in our when we started winning trophies, I just thought if Yaya was playing, we'd win. Yep. Yeah. And he, he never scored goals. He passed goals. Yes. He passed. He passed them into the net. Just. When we needed a win in the, uh, before the QPR game up at Newcastle, I think we won 2-1. I was watching it in a pub in Norfolk, I remember. And I can, I, I can see him just this left-hand side of the six-yard box. Ball comes to him, lets it roll across and just passes it into the far corner. You're just going pressure, pandemonium, chaos. We're desperate for a goal. Slow the heart rate down. Pass it into the far <laughs> corner. Yeah, uh, <laughs> special. So and and you know, I can the list can go on, but the reality is, Silver and Yaya sort of took us to the promised land, and the the, the current crop of De Bruyneers obviously build on it and enhance it, but it's it's always the the inaugural. It's always the ones who get you to the summit first time that you mm. have a special affiliation yes. for. Yes. And Silver obviously sort of lasted the sort of like the test of time of the of the new Man City, and so of course did dear old Sergio Aguero. Yeah, yeah. So I was there for his first night, Swansea. Yeah, uh, and I didn't. I, I was on the pitch again. I think, I think they think, oh, rugby lads here. Let's get him on the pitch. Uh, let's have a chat. He doesn't know what's going on. Let's let's talk to him. Uh, and uh, what do you think is the score going to be tonight? Well, obviously because. 
I love my mum and dad live in Roson, the Costa del Rose, Roson Sea now. Uh, <laughs> we spend a lot of time up there. And uh, what's the score going to be, Will? And obviously the tannoy's a bit quiet, and there I am, and this, I'm right down in front of the Schwab, I don't know, 7 1. Uh, <laughs> but Aguero came off the bench. Uh, I think he scored two and set one up in about an 11 minute blast. Yeah. And we all just went, who's this kid? Yeah. Uh, he just You just couldn't take the ball off him. Yeah, low centre of gravity, innit? Yeah. He was li- he just bumped you with yeah. a big yeah. buttock and yeah. shifted <laughs> the ball. It's like, no, 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 this is my ball. I'm keeping it. Yeah. Okay. We like you. <laughs> I was uh, going to just ask you quickly there. Obviously, the, you mentioned the, the famous kid with the brother. Did you ever meet the Gallaghers? Have you met them up there, Will? Yeah. Oh, yeah. A couple of times. So when we were on the Charity Shield, we played at Villa Park. Yeah. Uh, and Chelsea should have battered us. But the lad who went off with a bad hamstring today at West Brom, the Ivanovic. Yeah. I think got sent off with a reckless challenge. I mean, they should have they should have beaten us four 0 at Villa Park. He gets sent off. We end up winning. Uh, so I had a got had a photo with my lad now, who would have been eight at the time. He's seventeen now, so he had a photo with Noel. Yeah. Uh, after one of the big games, it wasn't the Aguero game. Bumped into Liam, and he was like, "Hey, hey." <laughs> You're that rugby geezer, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, of course, I had a photo with him. So, bumped into them uh, a couple of times, and therefore, clearly, I'm best friends. Yeah, yeah best of mates, of course you are. It, um, you, Great lads, fair play. You mentioned Norfolk there, and I'm glad you did, because you're taking over, it's, um, it's, a, it's a big sporting area, Holcomb, for yeah. an amazing event. Tell us about that. Yeah, so um, we've done festivals in the past. I've got a, an organisation I run with a little chap. I always say little chap. I don't know why I say little chap, but he is little, Austin Healy. <laughs> and, uh, we love we love coaching and, and, and being around family and health and wellness. So we've put on a massive sports festival that sort of doubles up as a mini Glastonbury in a way in that there'll be music on the Saturday night and it'll be family-based. So kids can have an opportunity to sort of have a taste of their first music festival. And during the course of the day, we've got Olympians, Olympic gold hockey players like Alex Danson. We've got netball greats like Tamsin Greenaway. We've got Straussy. Jason Fox is coming from SES. Who dares wins? We'll oh, do nice. some, I don't know. We'll, we'll make stuff with him. We've got, uh, we've got, we call it from athletics to Zorbing. We've got trampolining world champions. We've got gymnasts. And basically all the kids from age five to 17, if they're younger, don't worry, we've got creches who can look after you. Come, you bring your own tent, you, you book a glamp, you bring your own camper van, you plug yourself in, you turn up Friday afternoon, got a big uh, drive-in cinema opening night. I think, uh, don't shoot me for it because it's a great film. I think we're going to go with Dirty Dancing because yeah. nobody puts nobody puts baby in a corner. Uh, so that's going to that's gonna, that's gonna start the festival. Then Saturday morning, literally each kid, no one's left on the bench, each kid will try... Four sports, five sports Saturday, four sports, five sports the Sunday. In the gaps, the mums and dads will hopefully rediscover their love for, uh, there'll be some mums netball, some hockey, some touch rugby. We've got some dragon boat racing, local foods. Have I given you an idea of what's going on? It's August the 13th to August the 15th. And the reality is there's website, very simply, is www.festivalofsportuk.com. Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, I'll be like a kid in a sweet shop. I love seeing kids trying new sports, uh, parents going back and rolling back the clock and having a go and remembering, actually, I've got to go and join my local sports club when I leave Norfolk because this is just 
too much fun. I That's great. brilliant. And also, I think, I, think, I think there's a real appetite, Will, for people, you know, when, when hopefully this well, is brought under control. Especially now, yeah. Yes. The, once the shackles are off of us all, yeah, particularly. I, I think, yeah. I think um, it'll, it'll be a, a huge success. Massive. Thank you. That's, yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Sounds and, great. Uh, yeah, we've got some great people coming, as I said. Hopefully, and people with no VIP areas, that's the thing. If you see me there and you are there... The rugby uh, fella, the rugby fella will be walking around. The pint of the local ale. <laughs> yeah, that'll be him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right, so have you got a team that you've got a soft spot for other than, obviously, Manchester City? It's a weird one. For a long time, I had a really big soft spot for United. And people go, what are you on about? And the reason is the genuinely the first game of football I can remember watching on TV. Yeah. And going, oh, I can't believe it. I'll describe it and you tell me what happens. It's an FA Cup final. Yeah. One team is 2-0 up. Yeah. The other team comes back to 2 all. 79. The yeah. yeah. Up the left-hand side, yeah. cross it in. Gary Bailey can't get there. Yeah. Alan Sunderland, far post. <laughs> oh. Arsenal do them three two in the seventy nine cup final, don't they? Remember it very well. I got, a, just, got a smack I in the face. I got a smack in the I face. My brother's Man United fan, and I was cheering the <laughs> Arsenal goal. Wasn't an Arsenal fan. I remember but... exactly where I was sat. I was on Smithy Row, so I'd have been twenty three <laughs> yards from her screens football pitch. I was in Granddad's big leather chair. Oh. Uh, the TV would have been about eight inches by four inches, <laughs> um, and it happened. And I just remember, oh, I was, I was gutted for them. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I hate. You know, for someone who would then benefit from an extra time, from a late drop goal, yeah. I've always felt a huge amount of sympathy for teams who fight their way back into games yeah, uh, and then get it snatched away from them. So uh, they would be, uh, in those days, in more modern times, um, do you know what? I just, I just genuinely just love watching a game of football. Uh, I, I, I love Klopp. Unbelievably, they you know they beat us in the league last year. Uh, Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold up those wings for, yes. uh, from fullbacks those last year were special. So good football, good quality football. I know it sounds a little bit dull and old, but um, I'll, I will sit and watch snails race. So you put a good game of football on, and I'll watch it. So says the <laughs> professional sportsman. Yeah, that, yeah, that might make perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I'll get it. I don't think there's definitely something in that. It was about, you know, if 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 a team doesn't matter what you think of them, if they play good football, it's very difficult not to sort of like. Oh that. no, you've got to buy into it. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, you, you can't lie to yourself at no. some, after some point. Can totally you, agree. No. Totally agree. This is the best eleven podcast from Talk Sport. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Right, so we're going to go through your best ever uh, Manchester City team. So Mark usually writes this down, um, but there's no, obviously there's no, it's your team in uh, totally, there's no structure. We have we have people that have teams with six attackers and we have other people with teams with eight defenders. I, I am going to, I'm going to take the punt here, Will, that you, as a as a, as a player, have, have worked this one out so that you know tactically why you picked your 11 <laughs> rather than but just a, 11 he's a back, players. He's a centre, I would imagine yeah. he would prefer the more flair player. In football terms, but I've, let's see. I've got I've got an eleven. I'm not sure that, that there are four defenders, four midfielders, and two strikers. There you go. But don't honestly don't ask me oh, what sort of techers you play. I just, yeah. you know. <laughs> Is it Christmas tree formation or you two? You got two sixes. Yeah, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, no, none of that. Don't you worry. Don't worry. Who's in goal? It has to be Nicky Weaver because of uh, ah right because because of saving penalties. Yeah, because if he hadn't saved penalties in 1999, we'd never have discovered oil. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just you know, you have to go for all the amazing stuff after. Yeah, that always has to, and it comes a little bit late. There has to be a nod of the head to that team at Wembley that day, because if they don't win that game, I'm telling you, we're still probably the fifth best team in Manchester. Right. right. Do you, no, what do you, what do you remember of that day? Do, I mean, do, uh, so many uh, Man City fans have said. I think even Noel has said that he left, didn't he? Sort of just for the end. Uh, yeah. No, I've never been. A, I've all genuinely because of sport. I've always been someone who's wants to be there just in case the miracle happens. Yeah. But also be there to acknowledge the victors and go, "You did it. Fair play." I, I'm not a big fan of turning back on. Uh, I think you've got to. I'm a big one for shaking hands at the end of the game. Rugby players leave the field with as much style and panache as any sport, yeah. I feel. So yeah. I, I, I get what See, you're saying. Bo- boxing as well. It's yeah. Very, very rare. The two Although in embrace. 2001, very quickly, I managed to bag a hat-trick in Cardiff. I remember it, and, yes. And uh, <laughs> a lot of fans were leaving the Millennium Stadium early. I remember it, well, yes. Yeah. I think it's a different story. If you're sending dad, them home, Will. My dad, who had his head kicked in by Wales a few times, <laughs> and coached England and I think basically uh, losing in Cardiff in 85 got him the sack so he's a little bit spirited at this stage <laughs> when, he, when he's a young lad so they're walking out and he goes Oi you lot I've been coming here for 30 years <laughs> sit the Jeff back down <laughs> and take your punishment and they're like oh sorry Mr Greenwood sorry Mr Greenwood sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> and he sat, sat back down so uh, he forced about fifteen Welshmen in the same postcode as him in the stand. He was to to to, to watch it out. I, 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 it was a year. <laughs> Take after, your punishment. Love was, it. It was a few years after, obviously the the infamous '99 one where England battered Wales at Wembley, and then but Wales managed to squeeze it at the end. Yeah. And Scott Gibbs go over. But I remember you the, the low camera angle, just sort of sliding into the side of the posts. So when you so you get your hat trick, and I just remember everybody just going. 
well, that doesn't go well this afternoon at all. <laughs> 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 so the understatement of the Philosophical, year. Philosophical, yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. the way to go. That's ah, the way to yeah, go. Yeah, they did. But I got to say, Wales England games in rugby, and I'm a football fan, but they are incredible occasions. They are, they are yeah. amazing. I did love uh, Lawrence Delali was on um, the Fri- TFI Friday with uh, Chris Evans, and he says to him, "What would you hate?" And this is when Wales weren't particularly good. He went, "Is this you know, is it New Zealand? Is it Australia?" And Lawrence Delalio goes. It's still Wales, and I went yes, yes. It's still as he wants to beat. Still as he wants to beat. Millennium Stadium. Yeah, uh, I played in the Arms Park, uh, but the Millennium Stadium, uh, roof shut. Oh, uh, regimental goat. Hymns yes. and arias. Max Boyce. Uh, it's it is, and your song. Yeah, it's catchy, a catchy number, isn't it? Let's be honest. Oh my God, it is. Literally, I could close my eyes now. There are very few occasions, nearly 50, that I just thought, you know what? I'll have a crack here. And when I always I always go to the Cardiff game and I always play for my golf club, Sunningdale. We play Royal Port Call. Yes, great The day course. before on yeah. the Friday. We head down on the Thursday. We have little nine holes. We have uh, a load of uh, Die Richards, Mark Wyatt, Bledding Bowen, a load of them are playing for Royal Porthcourt. We players. have about a litre yeah. and a half of grappa. <laughs> um, Keep the we, cold we, out. We, we, yeah, we play golf on the Friday, repeat dose, sleep in the dormy house. Uh, and it's, it's it's one of the best 48 hours of my uh, calendar every two wow. years. Yeah. i, I got to say, Will, as well, and it was in something like the GQ magazine, 99, 10 things you've got to do, and one of them was in life. One of them is watch a Wales-England game in Cardiff. Yeah. The atmosphere... The night after, where everybody just gets together, regardless of the result, is fantastic as well. Yeah. That's what I was really good about it, you know. Well, we know this because how popular it was when Wembley wasn't open. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the English English football kind of fans, football matches. Oh, wow. It's amazing how many sort of scousers and, and manks and cocktails. Which mi- it was in Cardiff. It's all misty eyed about yeah. Cardiff. It's of the pubs, I think. It's, the it's better, isn't it? Yeah. Right, we better get some work done here. <laughs> oh, what's, your, what's your back for? So I've gone with uh, Paul Power. Yep. Yep. Uh, Vincent Company. Okay, of course, of course, yeah. Uh, Keith Curl. Keith Curl. Yes. Wow. Now manager yes. of um, Northampton. Tabaletta. Yeah. Right. Nice. Very nice. So um, you get, that's 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 some that is quite literally paced down the width. And company. Uh, well, Keith Cole obviously you know has gone on to do. He's done some. He's done some mir- balls and miracles as a manager yeah. of his time. But he was a superb centre half for you. Well, that's for sure. Loved so. loved, uh, loved watching him play. And actually, it was a tight one between him and Distan. Yeah. And uh, so I went to I went to Dicky. I went to Paul Dickoff and said. Which one would you least like to play against? And he went curl. I said, he said he said he could get in. Uh, I hope Sylvan's not listening and going to punch Dickoff in the face. <laughs> he said I could I could get in Distan's head. Midfield then? Yes. Uh, David Silva, yes. Kevin De Bruyne, Yaya, and Paul Lake. Paul Lake would Paul love Lake. to be in that lineup, yeah. wouldn't he? Hey, how about that? Uh, That's great. Just for the reason I sort of put Paul Lake in there, right? Is I think I, I understand. The reality of life is to be a great, you've got to have done 10 years at the top or uh, you've really got to have some longevity, maybe a legacy. But the other side of professional sport is the cruelty that injuries play and the part they play in robbing us of a talent who you just know was special. And uh, I think it was just after he'd signed a new five-year deal, he snapped his ACL. Uh, and that was it. And there's been some rugby lads I've seen down the years who were proper players. And 
and, and we haven't seen enough of them. And so fans will go, what's he in for? He only he was only around for a year or two, mm. but you can see things. So I, you know, I, I'm often shouted down about this, but there was a, it was a year and a half where I thought Ian Bolshaw and people would go, well, wasn't he only on the bench in the World Cup final? And he didn't play that much longer after he got a load of injuries. He was a fullback. And I just thought he is the closest we've ever had to Christian Cullen. Mm. Uh, and yet would never necessarily be recognised for it because of injuries and it took his pace off him and, and that sort of stuff. So I sort of put Paul Lake in there because we all knew he was so good and he would have been so good if if his knee if his knee hadn't gone. Yeah, and that's, just, that, that's out of his control. It's nice. The, the, yeah. It's for the career that might have been. And it, but you're spoken about by City yeah, fans. Exactly. Like by all City fans like that. Held in great esteem. Yes, which absolutely. Is, well, he he made the, he's made your team was the important thing. Yeah. Well, now you've got yourself a couple of men up front. Yeah. So uh, Sergio has to be in there with yes. 257 goals. It's uh, hard not to whatever. say his name without doing it like the commentator. Yeah. Yeah. Several hours uh, on the end, yeah. <laughs> yeah. About two years ago, a very kind chap called Jez Maxton, who runs the commercial team up there, said, um, only chance my youngest lad could be one of the 25 kids who go on the pitch before. And he goes, all right. And he he walked, he held hands and walked out with Aguero. Oh. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. And so I then obviously went uh, and bought a shirt in the club shop and then sent it up to Jez and I said, look, we'll wait five years. Just <laughs> can you can you at some stage get it, this shirt in front of uh, Sergio? And so in his bedroom, he's got uh, two Rocco, dream big, Sergio Aguero. Uh, with the wow. photo of him walking out. Uh, oh, and, come and on. I know, it's amazing. And in my, my eldest son's room, my, my daughter's not in, really, I've tried, she's not into board. Eldest son's room, we've got the brother shirt as well, the, that, uh, the other brother shirt that I had with uh, the FA Cup scarf from our first one when Yaya scored against Stoke. So, yes. um, again, I can't remember what the question was. But, strikers, uh, that's my strikers, answer. yeah. Well, yeah, Aguero well, no, was one of them. Well, the game against a game against Stoke, uh, well, as lots of City fans say, got you on your way. Really broke that thing about winning a trophy. They all talk about yeah. that as a really important game. Yeah, you remember, sort of sixty. I think it was sixty-first minute. Yeah, uh, it was about the ninth pint. So it's normally the sixty-first. <laughs> minute. And so I sort of feel bad about this, but I go back to the fact that that team of 99 and that goal I nearly put Horlock in for the same reason by right, the way yeah. and almost put Jekko in because everyone remembers Sergio's yeah. goal but actually Jekko's goal gets us back into it yes. Horlock's goal gives us a chance and um, but Dickoff roofing it with 94 minutes and 13 seconds on the clock against Gillingham yeah. against his the man who he was best man for <sighs> Vince Bartram, is it? Yeah. Dickie, Dickie was his best man and roofed it past him uh, and then turned and does that slide. And the thing that swung it for me is if you look at the flags around, there's a big flag of Dickoff at the Etihad, uh, keep fighting. And so I've gone unbelievably 
partly to keep the peace with my mates because he's in a, he's in the city he's in my city away WhatsApp group. I was nearly I nearly made him CEO Sergio and uh, the goat with CEO Paul Dickoff, but I thought the club would go under with Dickoff. CEO. <laughs> so uh, I better get him in. So uh, he's in. Uh, I've gone with Sergio and Dickoff. Perfectly legitimate. Now, here's a great question for Man City fans. I think who's your manager? Because they love Bobby Mancini on Bobby Mank up there as well, don't they? So yeah. who who do you go with as a manager? Well, I like. I like Bobby Mancini, except for the fact that clearly we then score Jacko and Aguero goes. But I think he completely lost the plot and run off in an Italian style and given up and thought we'd lost. Did he? Do you think so? Well, I don't know. I've just watched it back again and <laughs> you just sort of go, nah, he's completely done in the head there. He's done one. Uh, and the great thing is, you sort of laugh about that because so Sale Sharks now use the Man City, the old Man City training ground. Yeah. Steve Diamond, who's a great mate of mine, he's now, he's actually left Sales Sharks now, but he always laughed and joked that he took over, obviously, Mancini's coach manager's role. And what had Mancini left in there? His hairdryer. <laughs> no! <laughs> a man of his age, of not, his vintage, still, still can use a hairdryer. And not even a hairdryer. He wrote the letter to the Manchester Evening News. Yeah. Back page. Thank you for everything. So, yeah, look, and again, the first guy who takes you, the reality is, I think we just have so much fun with Pep. Yeah. I think Mancini comes back into it. If Pep leaves City without having won the Champions League, you just sort of feel that Pep's going to take us there. Mm. Um, so, and, and scoring 100 points in the league in one season uh, and playing and, and winning 15 games on the trot without a striker. Mm. Uh, and you just go, yeah, you've, you've got to have him. And a bad start this season and turned it round, didn't he? Pep Guardiola would be so proud to know he's a heavy pencil, yes. won't he? He'd be, he'd be really pleased with that. Well, Will, he's got to win you? the Champions yeah. League. He gets exactly, that's what I mean. HB4. <laughs> exactly, that's right. No, exactly, but, you know, a rubber just in case you need it. No, no, that's perfect. That, that makes absolute sense to us. That's brilliant. That is fantastic that's work. Great thing. Will, thank you so much for joining us, mate. It's been absolutely brilliant. Oh, pleasure. Look, and uh, my, my parting shot will be, and people genuinely don't believe me, but I go... You're an, uh, I will stare him square in the face and tell him the two greatest sporting moments I've ever been involved in. And you can count everything I've ever played in and everything I've ever done uh, on a rugby field. Because when you're playing, it's very different. You're in control. You can influence. You can change. You're keeping your heart rate. You're not feeling the peaks and troughs of the emotions. I, I never thought Wembley would be bettered. Uh, so that's in at number two. But being behind the goal with my eight-year-old literally behind that goal when Aguero roofed it. Uh, I We drove back. Uh, I'd split my trousers because I jumped <laughs> up and so much. We pulled into Warwick Services and I turned to my eight-year-old and I said, genuinely, we've just had our father's son moment. Oh. That's it. This is what we'll talk about when I'm dribbling. <laughs> this, this, this is what we will always have yeah. together. Brilliant. That's, that's what makes sports so special. Exactly. Thing. Thank you, Will. Thanks for joining us. Cheers, man. Will. Brilliant stuff. Pleasure, man. The Best 11 Podcast from Talk Sport. Thank you for listening to The Best 11 Podcast. Don't forget there are new episodes out every Monday and Thursday. So join us for more football memories and another Best 11 very soon. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. 